Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Gateway Presents. My name is Adam Lahatch, and I'm one of the staff reporters at The Gateway for this year. This week's news section, we have our guest, Sam Pearson, uh, who is from the University of Alberta Sexual Assault Centre, and we're here to talk about a protest that happened in January. So uh, if you don't mind just beginning by introducing yourself, Sam, and what you do at the centre. So my name is Sam Pearson, and I'm the director at the University of Alberta Sexual Assault Centre. I've been there for about seven years now, uh, but in this role for about three. Awesome. And so you were one of the demonstrators at that protest, uh, which happened at the Lister Center uh, on January 25th. What were your reasons for protesting? Uh, It was kind of a perfect storm of a lot of different things. First being that that happened to be a day uh, where the university administration was holding a summit. And um, kind of on the heels of that, there had been a decision by the University Appeals Board, the UAB, um, that was of particular note, but that really highlighted a lot of the issues that have been recognized within the UAB um, since as far back as I can remember, but in particular, uh, specifically within the review of the University of Alberta's response to sexual violence that was put out in 2016. So it was definitely that specific case that I think, which I can't really talk about in detail, but that really spurred us to take direct action um, in recognition of these longstanding issues that have impacted lots of people who have gone through that process. And at the protest, you had 10 demands that you listed, which would help make uh, the process better. What were they uh, and and why did you chose those specific things? Mm-hmm. I won't go through all 10 of them because they were um, quite extensive, but in particular we were looking at um, some direct reforms to the UAB process, so in particular training for its uh, members on uh, what we would call like social context around sexual violence, uh, which is pretty standard for federal court judges at this point in time, um, as well as, you know, a review of that particular case independently, um, transparency from the president's office about a plan to engage with UAB reform into the future, and um, some more, I think, longstanding more institutional demands uh, for restorative justice options for individuals who've experienced sexual violence, uh, as well as uh, the implementation of a sexual violence prevention and response coordinator um, to help manage the institution's response to sexual violence. Now, the idea of restorative justice, um, there is no office at the U of A currently um, in residence disputes. They're, they started to use uh, some restorative practices. Why, why is this move towards restorative justice uh, so important? Um, I think from my perspective as a survivor advocate, the more options that we can make available to people who have been subjected to this kind of violence, the better. Um, I think uh, in particular in the sessions that I've had with folks who are survivors or victims, however they define themselves, um, there's a real natural restorative impulse, I think, that gets uh, expressed, you know, a desire to let somebody know that what happened hurt them, that they've been harmed, uh, but also to seek support for that individual as well, to make different choices into the future or to do their own healing or um, to 
maybe apologize, make amends, lots of different things that I think we would see as a restorative impulse um, that seeks to, you know, mend the harms that were caused not only to the individual, but to the larger community uh, within that individual action. Now, what was the reaction to this protest? It was done uh, during a university summit. There were a lot of community members. There was some media attention as well. What was the overall reaction? I think it was uh, a really exciting day um, and started with, you know, a meeting with the the provost and president's office, um, which was, I think, very heartening. Um, I think once media gets involved, then there are a lot of different factors um, in particular that the university has to consider. And so um, I think we were under the impression that we might be given a bit more of a platform or invited into the room, and that ultimately wasn't the case um, for, again, a variety of different factors. Um, So, you know, I I think we're grateful for the platform we did have and the people that showed up and brought all their energy and attention to this issue. I think that's really important and heartening. Um, And, you know, I appreciate the comments from Wendy Rogers about the next steps that the provost's office were looking to take. Uh, But I think that, you know, the the response in that moment is pretty indicative of how things have um, shaken out, you know, to date, which is that we haven't received that sort of transparency that we're looking for from the president's office. um, And you know, a real commitment to tackling some of those like easy wins within our demands um, hasn't been demonstrated. You mentioned transparency. Why is that important to the process? I think so. My personal experience is that when administration or folks higher up within the institution aren't held um, to that degree of accountability for things that they should be undertaking and overseeing, then that work just sort of trickles down and falls on community members or, you know, actual frontline service providers. And so my experience has been that without that um, transparency and communication from the president's office, that those are jobs that myself and other colleagues have had to take on to um, sort of fill that gap and keep people engaged, but also aware of, of the work that's currently being done. And that's, you know, a whole other job to take on. Now, what's it like to be on the front line dealing with sexual assault, sexual violence here on campus at the U of A? You know, I, I think it's a job that I've been doing uh, for a long time and that um, is very personal to me. Um, I was a volunteer at the center in the last few years of my undergrad. So uh, it's a very important issue and topic and work that I feel naturally sort of called to. Um, and I think there are so many wonderful aspects to, to doing the work I get to do. Seeing that resiliency in folks, um, getting to work together with community is really great. Um, it's hard work, though, uh, and draining. And I think doing this sort of work within an institution um, that is not always so kind to uh, folks, in particular folks who are you know, experiencing marginalization or oppression um, is is another challenge, right? So it's a place that I feel um, proud in some ways to be a part of and to do, uh, do this work within this community is really great, but also there are some barriers and challenges to trying to um, tackle a form of oppression within an institution that, you know, really participates and perpetuates a lot of those harmful ideas, unfortunately, as lots of our, as all of our big institutions do. 
So this protest happened back in January. Has there been any progress or uh, contact from the university about it? In terms of the demands, um, there were certain things that were sort of kind of happening in the periphery already, and and some of our demands were um, designed to work in some like quick wins, some easy gains uh, based on that work that had already been happening. So in particular, there's a committee that's been pulled together to look at the code of student behavior. And for right now, I think they're paying a lot of attention to some interim procedural changes that could be made in particular um, regarding appeals board hearings um, because the code of student behavior changes are something that will likely take a while, uh, upwards of a, a couple of years or so, um, which makes sense. That's how bureaucracy works. Uh, so that work was kind of underway and is still ongoing. And I think we're optimistic about those sort of changes. Um, but those key issues of transparency and also of uh, training for board members um, are things that you know still aren't happening. We're not seeing a lot of movement on. So um, yeah, there are things conversations that are ongoing and that are hopeful, but um, we're not seeing the kind of response I, I think we were optimistic about receiving when we held the direct action. What? How does the U of A rank in terms of other universities or institutions across Canada in terms of its sexual assault policies or responses? Yeah, so I definitely don't want to slight the work of other institutions and I can't speak directly to where things are at or you know what existed in different ways across Canada because um, you know a real broad comprehensive um, report on on that sort of thing doesn't exist but um, I do know that uh, having a, a frontline anti-sexual violence service such as ours that provides support and education, um, that's existed for 25 years is um, more the exception than the rule. That being said, a policy is one thing. How situations are actually handled in practice is another. And I think that's one of the, the large concerns we have about the UAB as it currently stands is that uh, without that training and uh, with certain procedural practices in place currently, we're not in compliance with our own sexual violence policy. So things like that are really concerning and should be concerning to community members. Um, although I do think there's been so much good work from a lot of different offices and individuals on campus to uh, really address this issue um, exceptionally uh, as an institution. So. Um, you mentioned Wendy Rogers, uh, deputy provost at the university. Um, she said that there's already a review of the code of student behavior underway already. Is is that enough uh, in your mind, or or should more be done? Um, I think that that is a really important piece of the puzzle and some work that has been desperately needed for many years, and that really interacts with the issue of sexual violence and things like student rights um, in some pretty important ways. So I think that work is is really great and much needed. Um, but it's not focused on, you know, in particular issues with the UAB that intersects a little bit, but it's not um, really focused on, on the appeals board strictly, um, nor is it 
about managing the institution's response to sexual violence. So I think things still need to be done um, around those issues. And certainly a review of the Code of Student Behavior helps and is very important, but it's not indicative of that other work that needs to take place simultaneously. Even the Dean of Students here at the U of A, Andre Kostopoulos, has told us that changes need to be made to the system uh, and that reforms aren't truly keeping pace uh, with what's happening he also has said, and I quote, it's time to step up, end quote. There's all this talk about we need to make change, we need to do something from university administrators. Why isn't things being done? I think that's a complicated question. Um, part of what I mentioned before about doing this work on the front lines uh, in a large institution you know, hearken to the idea of it being a bureaucracy um, and to, you know, there being certain facets of the institution that are hierarchical and harmful in different ways. Um, and so I think in the, our institution doesn't exist outside of those systems of oppression and privilege and marginalization. Um, and it is a bureaucracy that... Um, for lots of reasons like funding and um, like intellectualism and things like that, issues are sort of siloed um, and handled in with like really niche specific offices and there's not a lot of communication because coordinating something like that throughout an institution of like 40,000 people is really difficult. Um, and so I think there are a lot of, a lot of challenges um, that this institution presents. Um, I also think that we live in a culture that normalizes, trivializes, and condones sexual violence. And for a really, really long time, even just having a center on our campus was really radical um, because no one was talking about the issue. We weren't hearing about it or hearing about, you know, a lot of different complex, nuanced stories all day, every day, like we are now. Um, and so... You know, I think that uh, really just the institution itself is kind of just waking up to the gravity and um, extent of this issue that lots of us have known to be the case. We've been talking a lot about high-level change, change from an institutional perspective, but are there things that us students or community members can do in our everyday lives to, to change the situation uh, in, in regards to sexual assault and sexual violence? Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the most important things to keep in mind uh, is that we all have a responsibility to each other to like, seek consent and also to respect uh, people's boundaries when they aren't looking to be sexual or to um, be intimate with us in, in lots of different ways. Um, like none of us are entitled to access to another person's body or to their time. Um, and we're not really often taught the skills to, you know, roll with rejection or to be resilient in the face of not getting what we want um, and those attitudes of feeling like we deserve or um, are entitled to something are 
um, major issues in, in our society that each of us has to grapple with on an individual level. So making that choice to put other people's needs uh, on par with our own or in some cases above our own needs, I think is really, really important um, if we want to see instances of this issue actually decrease, then we need to take that responsibility into each of our interactions with with people in our lives. Um, And also to take that responsibility on in social settings where we notice things that don't feel comfortable or that look inappropriate to speak up or to connect with folks after to see how they're doing. Something that interrupts that sexual violence narrative, I think, is really important. So what's next for you? Uh, You had the protest. Uh, You've continued to try to hold the university accountable. What what are are the next plans in this saga? I think really it's important for us right now to keep that low-lying sort of pressure on the president's office, on the appeals board itself um, to keep this issue sort of front and front of mind for community members so they're still fired up about it and engaged and looking to see how they can make a difference um, because unfortunately when there's sort of a kink in the hose it affects the whole hose for lack of a better uh, analogy so all of this good work that we're doing around this issue I think is undermined by something you know, a flaw in our process that is, uh, isn't working well. So um, really, we want to keep talking about it, do things like this, make sure the issue is, is out there, and also to extend support to people who have been through an appeals board process or supported somebody through an appeals board hearing to let them know that they have a place where they can come and they can talk and they can seek the support that they need that they likely weren't given during the UAB hearing and also to let them know about certain options that might be available to them um, should they look to you know do something else about their their experience and their situation.